good morning or early afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide, depending on where you're listening from. I have a brief update because unfortunately I have to start doing this assignment for this terrible class, but there's a couple of things I think you should be aware of that are happening in crypto space. And I do want to cover a token um, that's a, it just launched today, actually. And you may start seeing some social media posts about it because it seems like they're hot and heavy on the campaign. More of a warning, but also I want to just cover it. But just a real couple of points of news. Um, Angie, which is something I covered on a previous podcast, Entry is a token. Uh, it's on the Binance Smart Chain, and Angie recently was listed on Crypto.com, which, of course, everybody who's listened to that episode knows that I don't have a problem with Crypto.com except that they refuse to build a web interface, which frustrates me. And as soon as they build a web interface, I will support them. But if you're on Crypto.com, with Angie being listed there, the price, of course, is skyrocketing, and it's really close to a penny. And if you're interested in some of these tokens that are not excessively low in price but still have strong potential to grow, I strongly recommend you look into Angie because I believe firmly that it has breakout possibility over time. Um, it, it used to be a different project. Uh, I believe it was called Safe Panda before this. But they've totally revamped it. They've built a bunch of mechanics. They have solid uh, tokenomics on it. You're not going to get like reflections and that kind of stuff, but it's a solid token. It's a solid project. Definitely worth your time. So check that out. That's Angie, A N G A I. You can also buy it through PancakeSwap if you want to buy it through the decks. It's still available. But just saying, if you were already in crypto.com and you were looking for another token to at least watch the graph and possibly buy into early, early ish, take a look at Angie. I think it's worth your money and your time to look in it. On other news with the crypto space, the Satama team has started to get a little bit of pressure from the investors because there has not been significant updates. They do like a AMA every now and then or some sort of a brief update or like a presser. So like recently they released a press release about the fact that they're going to be at the fight for Javante Tank Davis versus I believe his name is Isaac Cruz that's happening this weekend. So they'll be back in the Vegas space and so they'll potentially open up to mingle with investors and that kind of stuff. Not as a formal event like the last time that went south, but here saying that we're a presence and we're also, you know, supporting a fighter. And there were mentions that potentially Satama was pairing up with um, either Floyd money Mayweather directly or with Mayweather promotions indirectly or with the money team indirectly. Um, there was no specificity and nothing was verified. However, reports were that Floyd Mayweather was at the Vegas event that went south so it's possible there's some sort of alignment there for co-promotion. That may open up some doors. That may also help the price. And I talked about it in a previous episode that there could be some bullish activity coming soon, but because we're in a bear season, we're just not seeing it. Once we see the fight and we see how it goes, we'll have to see what that turns into. If, they're, if they are doing some sort of a marketing, even if it's small, even if it's just to get the logo in places or something to get more awareness of the product and get more eyes on it, and these would be people that were not invited to the event. They're people that were already going to Vegas or already in Vegas to support the fight. So you have a different target audience, and it's we want to watch and see how that goes and see if that turns into something. And then I want to talk about a new token. This just launched literally today. Its name is Emperor Inu, literally Emperor and then Inu. And a lot of people are jumping on this one. It has one quintillion tokens, so there's a lot of tokens. That means that you can buy a lot of them for a very low price. And a lot are jumping on this guy. 
I understand why they want to jump into it. I think it's premature. Here's why. The Emperor Emu token, as I look at its site, it's a decently made site. You can buy it directly through um, Uniswap. And it's talking about um, web-based sports. It's talking about uh, collectibles or NFTs. It's talking about gaming. So this is play-to-earn type gaming. Um, The ability to receive Ethereum rewards every 24 hours for playing these games. And a lot of these games are casual games. Soccer, joust, archery, fishing. That seems, that's appealing outside of a core group of gamers, right? You want casual money. And this that would appeal to casual gamers. And I like the concept of what they're talking about. There are three things I would call out as red flags. Number one, the white paper is not on the site. I am always an advocate of having the white paper there, ready for people to read, and very well written. So not having one at all concerns me doesn't deal break, but it concerns me as an investor. I don't want to give you my money until I know you have a white paper ready, willing to go, and I don't see that. It's not on there. They say it's coming, but it's not there. It should have been there before you launched, in my opinion. Second, there's no doxing, and this by itself isn't a major thing, but it's especially now something people are going to be looking for. So my concern is if I buy into this thing, there's no knowing whether it's going to truly be a risk. Like you could have somebody who's in the project who is part of the Suzuki rug pull or any other rug pull, the squid game, you don't know. And so since there's no evidence of any sort of team information on the site, I don't have the greatest confidence that it's not a rug pull. They can be as legit as it goes. I'm just saying that without seeing that information, I'm not going to toss money or I wouldn't personally advocate tossing money into it until they have it. And, of course, some people will say, well, by that point, you're going to lose money. Yes, that's the risk of trading. Your confidence should be there before you invest in any. It doesn't matter what it is. Your confidence should be there from day one. For me, the confidence is knowing who the team is and having a strong white paper there so that I can correlate to and ask questions, targeted questions of the what's and the why's of things. The third is I get the sense that they really slap this guy together. I mean, I'm just talking about slap this guy together. Because the website, you don't have an SSL certificate on it. The moment it launched, there was a a Binance Smart Chain alternative that was there. And it's clear that the Binance happens to be a scam because there are three wallets that hold 99% of the tokens. Like, there was no due diligence done on this to help protect. So, for all we know, it might be a legit project that's being that somebody else had eyes on and they're going to potentially scam it. Or it could be that these guys are scammers and you wouldn't even know it. So when I looked at the various charts and everything for people that were buying this guy and selling it, there are some people that just did it for straight profit. Some people made like a, you know, 50 bucks and 200 bucks and, you know, 11 bucks, $100. So some people took it for quick cash grab because it just launched. And, you know, long term, you're not going to be able to do that. But if that's in that, there's nothing wrong with that activity, but I don't see that there's sustained interest of people staying in it. They're just kind of using it get the quick pump, and then drop it. Now, the weird thing about this token is that according to Etherscan, according to Etherscan, this guy has been around, let's see, half a year easily. So that may be the case. However, when I look at the site, again, there's nothing there. When I look at, you know, the DEX tools, for example, the tracking just started. It just started today. 
I to me that's a red flag. I don't know why you would ever have a token where Etherscan seems to think it's been around for ages, but then Dex Tools seems to think it's brand new. This is a red flag for me because I would want to understand what the heck's going on. And the Dex score, which is a scoring mechanism Dex Tools uses, according to a bunch of different factors to determine if a token is legit or not, is extremely low. I don't see that they have, uh, they may have locked liquidity, but I don't see that they do. They don't have anything in the contract that's necessarily sketchy per se, but I'm just, uh, that's the number one concern I would have is how is it possible that Etherscan, which is really the blockchain viewer, it's the definitive source for all transactions, swears that you've been active for half a year and you had transactions from that time ago, but yet Dextools swears up and down that you're brand new. Now, here's the flip of this. When I search it against Token Sniffer, Token Sniffer gives me a score that I find to be unrealistic. I'm not saying it's not legit. I'm saying it's unrealistic. It's easily the lowest score, meaning the cleanest project score, the lowest possible score of any token I've ever screened, and I've screened a lot of them. 90 out of 100 is pretty darn good. And, you know, either Token Sniffer is missing something or something because that's, that's, that's nuts. They swear that it's 95% of liquidity, actually 100% of liquidity locked into TrustSwap. And TrustSwap is team.finance if you want to query other tokens that's there. So that's good. Um, and it's good that it's, a, it's, it's visible that it's locked. It's provable. We can de- demonstrate that it is locked. The only concern that they had was that other tokens seem to share a similar contract. And the most notable on this list would be Hokkaido which used to be, or which is now Hawk Finance, had the same contract. Of course, the old Hokkaido Inu is no longer there, and now it's the Hawk Finance token, uh, and Mars Inu is another one that, that I recognize. And these were similar types of contracts. One that was called out is Matable, and yet Matable got a 94 out of 100 score, but it was flagged to be a, a scam. So... This doesn't raise confidence in the veracity of Token Sniffer even because when you have Token Sniffer scoring something as 90 and then that 94 actually, but yet it's been flagged to be a scam. And then I look at, you know, they changed the score after the fact, but at the, at the time they had scored it really high. So now I'm saying, okay, can I treat you and trust Token Sniffer? Because that means that at some point you scored them really darn high and then later you scored them low because somebody else said, hey, this is actually a scam. So what was it that your sniffer really found? So that's why I'm saying that it's unreasonably good, the score, this 90 out of 100. Now, in their defense, token sniffer, they do say that, hey, it's there's an asterisk on this. You need to research it because we don't know. But I would assume that some of the things that have happened with the failed contracts should have been things that were identifiable, such as, the creator wallet, dev wallets, liquidity locking, uh, insufficient or sufficient liquidity, um, that you can sell it um, and that there's no code where you would not be able to sell it. Um, I'm just, I'm calling out for you because I'm the one that's talking about the token. I'm just calling out for you that it did pass and it seems to be pretty darn clean on token sniffer. However, token sniffer says that it's identical to other contracts where one of them was actually at least by somebody verified to be a scam. And then when I ran Stay Seifu, Stay Seifu swears up and down that there's a high risk that it could be a honeypot. 
um, because it seems to think that the ownership is actually not renounced. If I look back at Token Sniffer, Token Sniffer swears that it is renounced. I don't know who to believe. When I look at the contract code, it certainly does not look like it's renounced. So I'm saying to you, if you do to research this token, make sure you dig deep because there's some sketchy business going on here where you got two different screener tools and they're not in the same, they're not consistent with each other. And it may be all of nothing. It may be just a quirk or a fluke or something else. But when I look at this, it seems to me that Stay Safe is actually the accurate one telling me that this is a risky project. And based on what I see of the site and the lack of information, I would share that as a risky site as a former auditor myself. I'm leaning towards Stay Safe in this case, not Token Sniffer. So if and when you choose to go and research this guy, just be aware as far as what we're seeing, there are quirks and weird things with the way that the sniffer tools are responding to this, this token where they could have been, and the reason it's a problem is they could have been very creative about how they're evading these sniffing tools. They might have tweaked the code in a way that evades the sniffer tools and could eventually be a problem down the road. Now, if you have a diverse portfolio, as you should, there's probably no harm in tossing like $5 or $10 at it and just ignore it, like I always say, because worst you would have lost is 5 or $10. If it turns out to be legit, then boom, you might make a whole lot of money in the long term. Uh, like I had said, Dozilla, you know, initially looked kind of weird, but it had an awesome white paper, really good site, really good concept. The only thing I didn't like was their logo. And even its contract didn't get anywhere near the score of this one. But the fact that Certic came back clean gives me confidence in Dogezilla compared to what this one's doing. And Dogezilla has even more tokens, but that's also more profit capability. So if you do decide to look into this Emperor Inu token, again, I cannot explain, and I don't think even they can, to you why Dex Tools, which is arguably a really the strongest definitive source of activity, swears that this token just launched. Token Sniffer says that it was deployed five hours ago as of I, as I record this, but yet when I look at the EtherScan, which should be the definitive source for all tra traffic and transactions, it swears up and down that this has been around for you know half a year. So I can't explain any of this to you. I'm just sharing and transmitting the information, but that's Emperor in you. If you want to look at it for yourself, and again, if you got information that contradicts what I'm seeing and you're able to confirm and verify why, I'm seeing this rapid discrepancy between the uh, EtherScan and what I'm seeing on Dex tools and the token sniffer, please, by all means, if you are the developer and you have information that contradicts what I'm seeing and the concerns that I've shared with what Dex tools is saying, and this is about the one that just launched, by all means, I want to smoke, you know, reach out. We can have that conversation. I'll have you on the show if you want. I have no concerns with that at all. I am I welcome being corrected. I am not trying to tank the token. I'm not trying to freak anybody out. I'm not trying to do anything that's of any concern. I just want to make sure that it's all on the up and up. Here's what I suspect is going on, and this is just my theory. I suspect that there's a scam, by not by this developer, but by way of possibly a, either a different developer who has created an identical project at the same time or it's the same developer and they're migrating to a different project. What's weird is that you should be able to only ever able to have one single call sign. So you shouldn't be able to have a perfect duplicate of the exact same token because of the way Etherscan works. It should not allow you to do that. It shouldn't even allow you to publish the contract if the call sign is the exact same. 
So I'm leaning more towards possibly an identical contract out there that people are potentially being duped into buying because they're not, they're not king stuff correct. So when I call the contract code, I do see that there's recent traffic. It's just that I also happen to see older traffic that I would not have expected to see. When I dug a little bit deeper, then I start seeing that, okay, there's, there's Emperor Inu here and there's Emperor Inu here and they look like they're same, that they're not the same and I'm not sure what that means. The one that I just queried just now, somebody sold and they took $2,000 out of it. Okay, that scares you because that's like a pump and dump scenario. Whereas the other one that's got older traffic, it's got true buy and sell activity, which is more indicative of the solid projects. This one seems to only have sell activity, which is usually more indicative of the pump and dumps. Not saying it is. I'm saying that's usually more indicative of it. So I'm not sure what's going on there. And that's why I'm just coveting that. I'm seeing different results from different interfaces for different reasons for the same, what appears to be the same token. And if you want to look into it, make sure you do your research and don't just settle. Again, probably not that big of a deal. Just toss 5 or $10 and just watch it and wait for something more solid like a CERTIC audit and then go from there. If you pull the contract address directly from their site, um, and their site's not well done, um, but if you pull it directly from the site and put it straight into your tool of choice, you should be okay. Just be aware that there's another one out there, and I, I can't tell if there truly are two like it looks like there are, if one of them is, a, is the scam and one of them is legit, and who knows? It could be that it's the same developer, and they built one purposely as a honeypot and one is a legit project. Like, I'm truly skeptical when I see that many tokens on a project like this where I'm seeing inconsistent results on the search and the sniffer. So if the developer's listening, I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm saying you've got some weirdness going on that I can't explain myself. And it could simply be just a, a weird quirk of the systems. But I also am a little bit weirded out by seeing that it's got like a perfect score on token sniffer, but yet stay safe who swears up and down that something weird's going on. So let's see what that turns out being. And if you do decide to buy in, you know, I'm open to hear from anybody if you have some feedback as to what your experience was with it. I'm not going to cover too much more. I just want to talk about one piece that came up yesterday that I thought about around cryptocurrency because I know there's a lot of people, there are a lot of people that don't understand even now how to set aside the psychology of it. And I want to take a few minutes to talk about psychology before I have to deal with this stupid class. So psychology of cryptocurrency when I say this, I'm saying that you are the tools that you are looking at. You are preconditioned to react to what you see, often what you hear, but definitely what you see. So all of these different tools, whether it's your wallet, whether it's your graph online or whatever it is, they are purpose built to get you to react. They don't want you to just sit and do nothing. They want you to sell or they want you to buy. That's why they use the types of colors that they do. That's why green, which you normally associate with go, and red, which you normally associate with stop, are in play because you are preconditioned to act. The, the hard part is you have to train yourself not to just spur of the moment act, not just leap and act, that you should think through why you're acting and it should make sense why you're acting. But that means that you already have to have a vision of where you want to be. So if you're going to be in crypto, you need to make sure you have your destination already designed. And I don't frankly care if that's when Lambo or not. 
I'm saying that you need to have some outcome that you're targeting for. Once you have your outcome defined, whatever that happens to be, it should automatically guide you to the next step, provided you follow the rules that everybody keeps saying, which is buy the dip. I know that contradicts the way you think, but that's what you should do. Buy the dip. If you believe in the project, you should invest more when it's down and treat it as a discount, not as a loss, because you, again, you don't lose anything unless and until you sell. If you're up, you could sell and realize profits if you want, and it may be smart to do so because then if you're buying the dip later, you're netting out how much money's out of pocket to buy on that dip next time it goes down. So you're riding the wave, in another word. If you look at now your value, your portfolio, it starts to get easier to realize that the dollar amount that you invest in it versus the dollar amount that's the value of it now, they're directly correlated in terms of what you did or didn't lose. So here's what I mean. I put in about 20 something dollars into Satama and it jumped up to a hundred something dollars. Okay. Well then now I have realized a five X gain. I've five times my money I have gained based on the investment. Well, if I took out, let's say I got $120 in there, so I'm 6X off $20. If I took out half of that, right, so now I'm down to 60, I'm still 3X up. And in fact, I've got an ROI because my 20 came back to me plus, you know, $40. You have to think of it that way. What people tend to do is they just look at the dollar amount going down when it's in a bear season and they freak out and they get chicken little. And they think the sky's falling or they think it's a dump or they think, you know, people are just selling off in mass or like the whole Vegas event fiasco with Satama and they react. That's what they want you to do. When I say they, I'm talking about the various organizations like the exchanges. That's what the whales want you to do because they're smart enough to know that when that price goes down, they can buy in cheap. They're thinking of it as a discount. And that's what you got to do is think of it as a discount, as a coupon. It's something where it's a short-term period where you can buy at a discount and increase your position. The reason I can reconcile this in my head is because when I was collecting games just to collect games, I realized, look, I'll just wait for discounts on games and just buy more games. In Steam, when they have those discounts and you can buy you know, 100 games for $50, then yes, I'm going to do this. Why not? $2 a game, I'm there. And so, yeah, my Steam catalog is super massive. Now, I don't collect games like I did before, but the point is the concept is the same. You have to think of it in terms of a discount. The reason I'm stressing this so much is a lot of people get confused when they're in a wallet. So they're not in an exchange, they're in a wallet. And they see a dollar amount and they're, they have to keep refreshing and they don't know what the real value of the money is. Let me tell you a trick. Your wallets are keying off of coin market cap by and large. But what they're doing is they're calculating what the fiat equivalent likely would be, assuming no price movement. So your price is constantly moving because there's constant traffic happening. That means you can't really trust the dollar amount display that your wallet's going to show you because the price is constantly moving. It's constantly fluctuating up and down you get tempted to sit there and refresh it over and over again to watch the price movement because that's really what your brain has been conditioned to do in a world that is dependent upon fiat currency. You know what I'm saying to be true if you think about why you're doing the refresh. You're doing it because you're thinking in terms of your fiat, whether that's dollars or it's ducats or it's euros or pounds or whatever. 
you're thinking in terms of your fiat and how much fiat you do or don't have. Let me tell you a little trick. Number one, you should not care about what the wallet shows you because your price keeps moving. Two, it's just stressing you out to sit there and keep refreshing it and watching it instead of just ignore it as hard as that is. Just keep focused on what you did. Check in on it maybe once a week or so. And then listen for the news. And, of course, I do daily updates where I can. And if there's something that you want me to cover, feel free to leave a message. If you're on Substack and you're doing this, leave a message for me. If you're not, we're on Twitter at Leisteridge. You can get the spelling from your podcast app. Just take Leisteridge, go to Twitter and find Leisteridge, and you can do it there. Substack's the easiest way to do it uh, because we have a form where you can leave that message. But if there's something that you are of interest that you'd like me to cover, go ahead and say that. But my point is don't trust necessarily your wallet and don't sit and stare at it and don't keep refreshing it because it's just stressing you out. The focus on it is what's stressing you out. It's not the movement of the token. It's the fact that you're staring at it. A watched pot never boils. So you have to distract yourself and not focus heavily on it. Watch it for a little bit and then go off do something else. Check in every week or so. If there's significant movement, then you might check in for those, but that's about it. But let me tell you a little trick. In order to get the true fiat value of your token, most Fiat has a stable coin equivalent that is in whatever your fiat happens to be. And you have to find what that is for your country. So for United States, if the fiat is United States dollar, as it is, we can look at USD Tether, we can look at USD Coin, um, Binance USD, and certain other ones that are pegged, as it's termed, to our fiat. And so we can do a quote, which means go into like PancakeSwap or Uniswap or SushiSwap or whatever, and just say, okay, connect my wallet. If I were to trade, you know, a thousand of this token, tell me how much that would be in USD Tether. Because it's pegged to the US dollar, I can take that number and know just how much fiat I would expect to receive. What is the true fiat value of this currency as of right now? You just have to understand it's still in flux and it's still moving. And the wallet is delayed by a good factor. Trust wallet in particular is delayed a really good bit. So if you really want to know what the true fiat equivalent value is, find what your stable coin is for your country. And you'll have to search that out. You, there are chances are there is one. Once you find that, then just simply do a quote in one of the swap applications through DApp and tell it, Hey, I've got this token. I want to see what it would be to cash it out to that stable coin. And depending on what swap it is, you should have at least one you know, stablecoin option available like DAI is a stablecoin that I believe is pegged to some other currency I'm not aware of. Find what yours is and then do that quote and it'll tell you what that number is for your currency and for your situation. Trust that and I would check on that once a week-ish. The alternative would be being in an exchange. So if you have an exchange that you sign up with, whichever exchange supports the tokens that you want, you don't have to move your tokens there yet but you can simply do a quote by typing in the number of tokens into the little exchange quote widget, do market order, and then tell it, okay, I want this stable coin out on the back end, and it'll give you a quote of what that would be in that stable coin's equivalent fiat without ever spending a dime. Then you can watch the graph. When you watch the graph, you'll be able to see that amount go up and down. The exchange is the only way you're gonna be able to see live value of your cryptocurrency so you don't have to keep refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Most intermediate to advanced traders thus keep those graphs up on at least one monitor 
and many of us have at least two, so that we can watch it throughout the day. If we're a day trader, for sure, we want to watch for significant moves so that we can transit. And so when you're on a phone, it's hard to do a lot of this stuff. You can set alerts, like you can tell Trust Wallet to notify you. But again, there's a delay. It'll tell you way after the fact, and it's only after a certain threshold. So like, Dozilla spiked 30%, but I didn't know that it spiked 10%. I didn't know it spiked 20%. So I'm just summarizing all these different options for you to think about when you are trying to manage your crypto. Number one, don't stare at it, refreshing it in the wallet, I'm saying. If you have to monitor because you're trying to day trade it or you're trying to quick trade it, I would recommend doing the exchange instead. And then most critically, train yourself to buy the dip and don't freak out when it goes down realize it's a discount and you have to think of it as a discount, not as a loss because you haven't lost anything unless and until you sell. Thank you.